When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? It's Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. We've got a great show lined up today in the New Music Spotlight, a band that I've been listening to for quite a bit now, uh, a couple of years the singer Matt James from Blacktop Mojo joined us on the New Music Spotlight and uh, with the new album released in 2019, Under the Sun, which was one of my favorites listed on the end of year 2019 show, as well as Chris Corradetti, who joined me on the show, and it was on his list too as well. I think it was in his top five. For me, it was in the top ten. But it's a band that's been building an audience pretty steady over the years and doing a great job of it great you know they're touring all over the states i know they want to go overseas and do that and he'll talk about that in the interview but if you're looking for new music and i touch on this a lot you know we get the classic rock fan who likes to say new music sucks they haven't heard blacktop mojo um this is a band that combines a lot of elements of music that we know, which is the grunge era music, classic rock, and metal. And it merges those three influences seamlessly. When you listen to the album, you know, Lay It On Me, Set It Free, awesome tracks to start out the record, It Won't Last, which is probably one of my favorites, All My Now is one of my favorites. And the band is just brings it. And I've seen them live. I saw them, I think, with two other bands. One was Lullwater. John Strickland, the singer and rhythm guitar player for Lullwater, has been on the show. They were great. Blacktop Mojo was great. These are bands that you need to see. Blacktop Mojo is a band that you need to watch out for. They've done it the right way, you know. They 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 were working jobs up until I think the album previously burned the ships. They're full time musicians now. They're in that position. They're making music. It's great music. One of the things that I see that's common with a lot of classic rock fans when they discover a band, let's say like Rival Sons, they can't say enough about them. This band's awesome. I can't believe I didn't hear about them before. We need to stop doing that. We need to stop waiting until we can't resist anymore or waiting until, you know, the band is blowing up. I mean, Rival Sons got nominated for a Grammy 
Award this past year, and I've touched on the corruption with the Grammy Awards and in the music business. That's another story, but they're gaining new fans more so and faster than ever before. And they're on their sixth album. Sixth album. And they've got elements of Free, Bad Company, Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin. They've got great stage performance. They, they are incredible. J.B. Cannon has got an incredible voice. And I relate that to Blacktop Mojo. Blacktop Mojo is releasing awesome music, album after album. Under the Sun was a pleasant surprise for me in the music and the production and the direction the band is going. Once again, this is a band that is doing it the right way, going across the country, playing in small clubs to whomever will see them. And they're building an audience. I know there's there's goals and there's hopes for them to play overseas, and I have no doubt that they will accomplish that. Their music is incredible. Their mu- their 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 songs are their lyrics of their songs are are connect with me. I hope these new music spotlights shed light on the bands that we promote. And I hope it opens fans up, music fans, rock fans up to what these bands go through, what these bands have to do. Musicians, artists, bands can get their music out to almost anyone these days. There's so many platforms for music. But they still have to work hard just because you post something on Spotify or YouTube or whatever doesn't mean there's going to be an automatic audience for it. These bands have to work on their social media. They have to tour constantly. You know, the record contracts and the record deals are gone forever. That's just the way the music business is these days. And bands are doing it the right way. You know, bands are, are, are doing what they need to do, promoting themselves, getting on the Internet, getting on social media, trying to connect with their fans. It, it is commonplace with all of the artists that I have on this show. You know, whether it's Lachinga from Vancouver, whether it's Lowwater from Atlanta, whether it's Blacktop Mojo from Texas, these bands are trying to reach you. And we need to stop with the idea that new music sucks because it doesn't. And I've said that time and time again. And if you want to listen to a band that hopefully will change your mind, Blacktop Mojo is a, is a great place to start. Under the Sun is a great album to start. It's a solid release. It's got incredible songs, like I said. And... It's opening yourself up to new music, and hopefully that's a gateway to other bands too as well. Sometimes it takes just one band, one new band, to open up the, the, the floodgates for people and to discover other bands and stumble on them. You know, I, I stumble on bands by accident all the time. Blacktop Mojo may have been one of those bands, and I know that's exciting on one hand, but it's also frustrating because a band like this should be front and center. Rock and roll, as I mentioned in the interview, has taken a back seat. It's no longer mainstream. There are 
issues with the with the music industry is in general, and the genre that is being affected the most is rock music. You know, whether it's the corruption, you know, whether it's people telling you what rock and roll is. I mean, I mentioned this before prior that, you know, we're being told now what rock music is. We're being told people have the spirit of rock and roll. Black Tap Mojo has the spirit and is rock and roll. And it's a band that you should check out and it's a band that you should listen to. Give them a listen. You can either start with Burn the Ships or Under the Sun. Their debut album was I Am. But if you want to see where the band has evolved to in present day, their latest release, Under the Sun, is, is, is where to go. So check them out. Check out this interview. Enjoy the conversation I have with Matt James. And we will talk again soon. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. It's Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in once again. We are going to be doing another edition of the New Music Spotlight, where we're featuring a band from Palestine, Texas, a band I had the privilege to see this past October here outside of Chicago. The band is Blacktop Mojo, and the guest is vocalist Matt James. How are you doing today, Matt? Doing good, Jay. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, thank you for doing this. I appreciate the time. I appreciate you coming on to talk about Blacktop Mojo and new music. And let's uh, let's get right into it with the first question we always ask a first-time guest, and that is the essence of the podcast. And just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a band, a performance, an album, or a song that hooked them on rock and roll. What hooked you? Um, I can remember riding around with my dad. He had an old Geo Storm that uh, didn't have an airbag in the front seat, so uh, he let me ride up front when I was way too young to be riding up front of a car. And uh, they had a cassette tape of OU812 by Van Halen, and I remember listening to Cabo Wabo over and over again playing air guitar. That's a great album. Uh, you know, we always yeah. we always look back and, and reflect on the great parenting skills of our parents. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, OU812 was an awesome album. You know, Cabo Wabo was on there. They had the big hit "When It's Love." Um, oh yeah, finish what you started. Uh, Sucker in a three piece, which is probably my favorite off that album. Oh yeah, man. Uh, yeah, didn't know what it was. I think I was probably four or five years old. You know, I didn't know what rock and roll was, but uh, I know I liked it. Yeah, that was kind of the connection with me, too. Uh, I've mentioned before, especially in an introduction episode, how I grew up listening to my grandfather play piano. And whenever I'd stay overnight there once a month or every other month, whatever it was, uh, I would always hear him play piano. And it was he, play, he was a booming piano player. He hit those keys really hard. And I remember my brother bringing home Journey Escape. And, of course, the first song is Don't Stop Believin'. 
And right. I hear the piano intro, and I'm like, oh, I know, I know that's piano. And then I hear, of course, Steve Perry's voice and Neil Sean's guitar. And then, you know, I was probably about five or six years old myself when that happened. Nice. So where did it go from there with Van Halen? I mean, you know, where did it strike the nerve so much where you wanted to perform live, you wanted to write music? Oh, man. Um, I started teaching myself how to play guitar when I was about 17 and uh, kind of started writing songs and uh, sort of fell in love with that. And, uh, I would play it at parties throughout uh, throughout college and nobody told me to shut up, which I thought was kind of cool, you know. I was the annoying guy at the party with the guitar in the corner, you know. Uh, uh, just kind of caught the bug for performing in front of people from that. And uh, after I graduated college, I started. I was working at a coffee shop, and I would play acoustic every now and then up there. And uh, that's where I met our drummer. And here we are today. It kind of snowballed into this. So. Now, going back to you know you playing guitar, who were some of your influences um, that made you want to? You know, play play guitar. Made you want to pick it up? Well, uh, Eddie Van Halen, of course. Uh, thanks, Dad. Um, Jimi Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, Tony Iommi. Uh, I think everybody learns how to play Iron Man. Like <laughs> that's one of the first songs everybody kind of learns. Sure. But, uh, you know. Then, uh, I'm not that great of a guitar player, so <laughs> I can't really. Well, that was, you know, uh, that, that kind of leads yeah. into my next question. You know, you're the singer, you know, you, yeah. um, now it went from playing guitar and, you know, at these parties and then where was there a song? Was there an artist that inspired you to write music, to write lyrics? Um, I don't know. I think it was just kind of a, I was, I was dating a girl in another town at the time and uh, I was, that sappy romantic dork in high school, I guess. And I wanted to write her a song. So that's kind of how it started. And, um, after I wrote her a song, I realized that I just really liked writing songs in general, you know? So I just kept going with it. So you didn't take the mixtape route. You actually were, were writing songs. No, for <laughs> I went the hard way with it, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. S- so you you know you grew up in a small town. Um, how did that affect the influences you had, and how did that affect you know the music that you were into? You know, I mean, you know, I imagine you know in a small town that you know there there there's there's not a lot of opportunity to maybe play versus you know going off to a college Definitely or somewhere. Not. You know, and so how did that affect the band developing and growing? Um. Well, we had to travel a lot. Um, we actually, where we live in East Texas is, is prime, uh, prime area for, for country music. Um, there's a lot of really talented country acts that come out of our area. And, uh, so when we started, we were actually playing in a lot of country bars and playing, um, pretty much country music, um, uh, like Americana style stuff and, and doing a lot of covers of, of, of country songs because that's, that was the easiest way to get gigs was around where we live with play country and kind of play, you know, be the lounge band that plays in the bar or the, or the dance hall for four or five hours. And, uh, while everybody's trying to two step and, you know, do all their thing. And 
um, eventually we started writing our own music and it was more, uh, it was of course a lot heavier and, uh, more rock and roll. So, um, we decided at that point we wanted to be a rock band, um, because who doesn't want to be in a rock band, you know? And, uh, we started traveling to Dallas and Houston and, and playing in some of those rock clubs and, um, just getting out wherever we could, man. How did that affect the growth of the band? I mean, starting out as, you know, playing covers of country music, going into rock music, how did that influence, or did it have an influence on the music that you were writing? I mean, you know, I hear a lot of grunge, classic rock, you know, straight ahead metal in, in your music. I do hear sometimes a little bit of elements of country and in, 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 and whatnot, but not a lot. But how did that influence, you know, songwriting? How did that influence the way you played? Did it have an effect at all? Um, I think I think there's a little bit of a twang to our music still. I mean, in everything we do. Um, but that's just because that's where we're from, man. <laughs> yeah, when you know, when in Rome, do what the Romans do, essentially, right? Yeah, talk, talk with the twang, right? With the twang, you know. Right. Right. So, in terms of the history of the band, you, you know, you you started playing with the drummer, and then it morphed into a five piece band. Tell us a little bit more about that. Um, it just started. It started solely with me and the drummer. Our first time playing together was just he had a kick snare and hi hat, and I had an acoustic guitar, and uh, we were playing in the coffee shop where I was working, and. Uh, the owner would let us, um, basically after the coffee shop closed down, would let us use the coffee shop, um, and PA and everything to, to practice. And then, uh, I ended up calling a buddy of mine from high school that I knew was in a bunch of metal bands and I knew he could play guitar pretty well and, um, asked him if he wanted to come jam. And, uh, so that was the start of it was just the three of us. And then, uh, our drummer called up our original bass player and, uh, we just started gigging around trying to get shows wherever we could and learning as many songs as we could uh, just practicing as much as we could and uh, just fell in love with it man and then uh, through, through playing around and stuff we met uh, Ryan Kiefer who's our guitar player now uh, or one of our guitar players now and uh, he's been with us ever since and then uh, of course I have some member changes over the years you know guys uh starting families and, and going off to college or, you know, doing their own thing. So, uh, Now, in terms of, yeah. of, of you guys developing as a band, um, you know, you guys are growing in, in numbers, so to speak, go from, you know, just playing in a coffee shop to now a five-piece, and there's different members that have come in and out of the band. How does that – how do you maintain or how does each – member bring their influence to the table in Blacktop Mojo in in terms of a collaborative effort into making music. How was that process for you guys? Um, well, when, whenever we make music and whenever we write songs, um, it might start with one guy's idea, but it's always, the finished product is always a result of us getting into a room, uh, the five of us, and just everybody kind of throwing in their ideas and, and kind of just trial and error for, for lack of a better term and uh, just jamming jamming it out and, and trying to uh, piece it together so every guy everybody's involved so I think that's that allows everybody's influence to kind of 
you know, there's a little bit of everybody here and there. Now, as you guys grew, you know, 2014, the first album I Am, into 2017, Burn the Ships, how, how does the band evolve, create, you know, how, how is the creative process and the evolution of the band? I mean, you know, from what I hear from the first album, under the, I Am, to Under the Sun, which was the release in 2019, which was one of my favorite records last year. Oh, thank you, man. Is it, is it, is it a conscious effort to kind of stretch yourselves and to evolve and to, or, or, and to you know, into finding different ways to be, you know, it's finding different ways to be creative and, and getting that on the record? Um, the creative process for the, for the Under the Sun differed a lot from the other two in, in that we all quit our day jobs three years ago, so we've been... Uh, pretty much full-time touring and, and everything like that since then. So um, the other two records, we had to write and, you know, get together around everybody's schedule and kind of do it whenever we could. And uh, so I think it would take a lot longer for some songs to come together or, uh, you know, ideas to come together because we couldn't get together all the time. Whereas Under the Sun, we basically came off the road in uh, – I think October of 2017, uh, we came off a tour and just basically stayed in our house for six months after that. Um, we all lived together in, in Palestine there. And, uh, so we got some recording equipment, pretty much locked ourselves in there and, um, we could work on it 24 hours a day, you know, um, didn't have anything to do the next day. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. It was, it was pretty cool to, uh, kind of just immerse ourselves in making, a record and I imagine that process too you know helps create more music you know when you when you're an hour when you are a full-time musician and you don't have to worry about stresses from you know another job or whatever doing that while you're trying to make music I imagine that has a big effect on what you do and what you know the output of creativity oh uh, yeah man um, you basically I mean, that's all you have to do. I mean, that's your job. So, uh, it's, it's cool to be able living in the same house helps as well. Um, you can always, um, you know, I'd be in my bedroom and walk out in the hallway and, and hear Keith playing guitar through the door and go knock on the door and be like, Hey man, what's that? What is that? I like that a lot. And then, you know, be able to, so that sparks my creativity or, you know, and vice versa. In the process, too, I mean, you know, starting out in 2014, I mean, obviously you were making music prior to that, but the first album I am to now becoming full-time musicians, how did how did that become? I mean, you guys are very active on the road. You're active on social media. You know, the landscape of music today isn't what it was from previous decades. Bands have to work a lot harder. What was that process yeah. like, you know, becoming a full-time musician you know being you know having having the, the the comfort and the money to just be be what you just said you know it, it's now your job what was that what was that like yeah. um it was definitely really scary we didn't know if it was going to work or not but uh i i was fortunate in that i we started this band when i was 21 and i worked uh for my grandfather uh he, he has a he's 
fertilizer spreader dealership. So I would work in the shop for him and he was, he was very supportive of our band and he would let me off or, you know, anytime I needed time, you know, I didn't have to weigh as much as the other guys about, um, losing my job, you know, if, if, if they showed up, you know what I mean? Um, but for the rest of us, I mean, it, we just had a, a special group of guys, man. Like, uh, we just, we all sat down together and it was like, this is what we want to do. And we're going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. So, um, it was a very stressful and, uh, uh, very scary, but also very fun thing that happens. And, uh, I couldn't imagine not doing this with these guys. So, you know, I, I imagine it's it's very fulfilling too. You know, when you're able to make a living doing what you love, making music, playing in front of people, that you know is is what everybody dreams about, right? Absolutely, man. So the album Under the Sun, 2019, strong record, amazing record. Like I said, I saw you guys outside of Chicago in, in October with Otherwise and, and Low Water, two other bands on the bill. It was an amazing night of music. What was, you know, talk about that creative process with that album and how it differs from the previous one, Burn the Ships. Um, Burn the Ships, we actually had quit our jobs two weeks before we went into the studio, so there was a little bit of a stress there. Uh, we had raised the money to go record, and uh, that was basically right around the time we decided hey, we're going to move into this house together. We're going to go record this record, and this is what we're going to do. So uh, I feel like that's, that's where Burn the Ships comes from. It was, uh, it was a story about Cortez coming into the new world, basically, and um, them facing this insurmountable odds against uh, a massive um, Aztec army. And uh, so Cortez burned all the ships, so they couldn't go home. <laughs> um and uh, we took that to heart, kind of. It was just kind of like, hey, this is it. It's all or nothing. And uh, that, I think, fueled a lot of the, the, the songs for that record. Uh, and then on this new record, uh, we just we just wanted to get bigger and, and better and, and uh, really kind of hone our, hone our craft, you know. I talk I talk with a lot of bands from overseas in the in the UK and you know I always talk to them like hey how about coming to the states and doing a tour or doing a run in the states and you know I, I get a common answer you know where it's it's expensive to play in the United States they have jobs similar to what you guys used to do as well the landscape of music has changed and you know rock music is has taken a back seat. Many people claim that rock music is dead. I don't believe that. I'm sure you don't either. But in terms no. of of you know being relevant or being accepted by the mainstream, you know we see more and more attempts to chip away at the genre of rock music. You've toured yeah. all over. You know you 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 play in front of a lot of different people in a lot of different areas. What do you see in terms of the current landscape of rock music and where it's going? Um, man, I think rock and roll is in a good place right now. Uh, it's yeah, like you said, it has taken a backseat, but that doesn't that 
doesn't mean it's dead at all. Um, we everywhere we go, there's there's still rock fans everywhere. So I mean, um, it might not be the quote unquote cool thing, but uh, it's cool to us and it's cool to them, and that's really all that should matter, you know. I believe that, and I've said that before, and on, on, on you know in previous conversations about how there's so many great newer bands out there and it's just underneath the surface and it's kind of like this bubble that's building underneath the surface and someone's going to punch through it and once somebody punches through it everybody's just going to it's going everything's going to rise to the top um and it's an and i and i think it's an exciting time to be in rock music as far as blacktop mojo goes and, and as far as what you guys are planning for the future where do you guys see where do you guys see yourselves evolving beyond 2020 or later on this year or or into the future the new music out this year uh, we're going to continue the tour and uh, we're still independent so we're just going to keep touring around and trying to get our music out there to everybody that wants to come to a rock show and uh, just keep trying to slowly but surely uh build our family, you know, our, uh, our crowd. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, building your, your audience, social media is such a, a huge factor, you know, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, For sure. what, you know, how, how do you guys manage that? I mean, is that, is that an easy thing to manage between the five of you? Is there, is there someone doing it for you? How do you guys handle that stuff? Uh, yeah, we all pretty much kind of just split the manage into the social media. And, uh, I mean, it's fun to get to interact with people. I mean, all over the world, it's, it's pretty cool to, you know, if you post something and somebody's like, come to Australia or come to Italy or, you know, it, it, you never in your wildest dreams coming, growing up in a town of, of, of 5,000 people that, you know, somebody in Italy is going to be listening to your song, you know, uh, it's 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 an awesome tool, man. I'm, I'm, we're very fortunate to to be starting a band in the time that we live in right now. Yeah, I, I've heard that you know from many acts too. I mean, I, I think of a few, a few conversations of one band who's you know out of Vancouver, and they're talking about sending their C- CDs off to Greece or to Spain or, you know, playing in Spain, you know, I mean, just, just the acceptance and the, the atmosphere overseas for rock and roll music is much different here in the States. Yeah. I think they, uh, they have a different approach to, to, to music. I think, uh, um, I, from what I've heard, we've never had the opportunity to go overseas. Hopefully we do in the near future. Cause I would, always been a dream of mine but um from friends that have toured over in europe and stuff it's just uh you know they'll say they'll put a hip-hop act on with a rock act and a and a reggae actor you know i mean it's just uh an appreciation of all types of music rather than uh oh i'm in the i'm in this crowd or i'm in this crowd you know it's just that i'm in the music crowd yeah know? yeah yeah you know and and, and also too you know we, you know the, the way music is different now i mean you as a band and as and as the singer of a band you know you're you're outperforming right you know when i saw you guys in october i thought you know not, not just did you guys sound great 
but the performance was great too because people listen with their ears as well as their eyes. And thank you, man. Yeah, and 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 how you know it seems very what I get what I got from when I saw you in October was the performance is very organic. It's a very natural performance. It's not you know it doesn't feel like it's the same thing as it was the night before. I mean, you kind of go off on your own. You're like in your own world, you know, when you're singing and stuff and doing your thing. Um, and people are, yeah. And people are all about the experience and that's a big thing now too. You know, people want that, 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 that personal touch that experience. How do you maintain that as a band? How do you, you know, get people to, 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 to appreciate the performance? Um, I think we all just try to put our whole heart, you know, our whole body, whole soul into every night, man. And, uh, try to change it up uh, you know as far as set list wise and stuff like that try to change it up every night in some small way you know um, there's always songs that we play pretty much everywhere we go but you know you try to change it up in some small way for, for each and every crowd so that you know there's always a special moment in every show you know as far as growing your audience and growing your base you know there's always challenges that people come you know, that people go through in terms of reaching people. And, you know, when you look, when you look at the evolution of Blacktop Mojo from the first album to now, being able to make a living off of making music, what are some of the obstacles that you encountered, you know, while you're growing your brand, while you're growing your music? Um kind of just a lot of overcoming uh, overcoming doubt in yourself um, you just have to have a lot of faith in yourself and a lot of the people around you and uh, just keep pushing and never stop I mean I know that sounds kind of cheesy but it's just kind of a you cannot you, you can't quit I mean if you if you fight and claw long enough you're going to get somewhere perseverance is a huge thing you know i mean you know you yeah. have to you have to fall on your face or fail a lot more times before you succeed and a lot of everybody can handle that not everybody is built that way to you know keep going like you said and, and overcoming that stuff do you you know right. do you look for things to 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 you know keep you motivated you know i mean some people are motivated out of fear some people are motivated out of you know anger some you know just have that goal that they got to keep going for and nothing matters until they reach it what is it for you um every night touring man is a is a motivation for me just new crowd new city uh, just meeting new people um it's a constant motivation it's, it's pretty much constant encouragement you always meet at least one person you know before or after the show that's like man i've never heard you guys before but uh that was awesome you know i'm i'm a new fan i'm a you know every time i hear that it's it's just like oh yeah that's why we're doing this it's you constantly are reminded of your goal and why you're out here and why you're working the new single is It Won't Last. You guys are pretty creative when it comes to videos and presenting you guys as, you know, as Blacktop Mojo. Where do these concepts come from? Is it stuff that you guys think of yourself? Uh, yeah. yeah, we do all our, our videos ourselves. Um, 
we have some very talented uh, videographer friends and uh, pretty much everybody that you see in our videos is our friends or, you know, we know them from somewhere. So um, it's kind of fun to be able to work with your buddies on, on projects like that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it, the videos are fun to watch as well as, you know, listening to the music, you know, as, as you're watching. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, everybody seeing videos are, are people that we, you know, have beers with on the weekends or, or whatever, you know. So it's, it's, it's always fun. And you guys also have a very um, interesting way of, of doing covers, too, as well. I mean, you guys have covered everyone from Fleetwood Mac to... Aerosmith. I mean, the version of Dream On is a phenomenal, phenomenal version. Um, you know, it keeps true to the classic version, Aerosmith version, and it you know in more of more of a modern way. Um, how do you guys pick and choose which covers to do? Is that something that you guys are, are are thinking about, or is it just something that you just you know, hey, let's play this. This is a good tune, and and uh, and record it. Yeah. Uh pretty random actually it's just uh, uh, the dream on one especially was, uh, we had a, a buddy come up and like hey man you guys should try this Aerosmith song and uh, we were like no we shouldn't uh, but then we got to thinking about it and we are like that'd be kind of fun like you know a fun challenge to try to learn that I mean that's it's a tough song so um, we never thought uh, when we put it on YouTube or that it would ever get seen by anybody but uh it ended up taking on a life of its own and uh we've been very blessed with the success of that song in particular because that is a huge song to cover i mean that is one of the most recognizable songs by aerosmith one of the most recognizable songs in all classic rock you know people can be very funny about that you know they they you know, everyone oh, always, yeah. you know, when, when people talk about covering Zeppelin, people don't want to do it because it's like, you know, you're going to have all these Zeppelin, Zeppelin. fans <laughs> you know, critiquing it and just, you know, but I, and I have to admit, I was a little nervous when I hit play to listen to it. I'm like, dream on, yeah. they're covering Aerosmith, dream on. And I was floored, man. It was a great version. Thank you, man. Now, as far as. 2020 you said new music coming out is there going to be another album or is it going to be continuing to tour um we yeah we're definitely continuing the tour um and uh we'll have some some fun announcements in the coming months for sure uh we got some we got some cool stuff planned great right and and you know if you were to describe your music to somebody and tell people what blacktop mojo is what would you what would you tell them uh, it's uh, we had somebody say one time it's a mix between uh, if Leonard Skinner and Soundgarden were to take a roll in the hay together, um, it's kind of somewhere in the middle of that. Well, cool, awesome. Any final thoughts or anything you know for the fans, Matt? Uh, come out and see us. We're on the year one last tour right now. Um, we're going all up and down the, the west coast and uh. Yeah, come out to a live show. Come hang out with us. Well, hey, Matt, I, I thank you for doing this. I do appreciate it. Like I said, you know, the Under the Sun album is, in my opinion, one of the best albums of 2019. Great performance. Thank you, man. You know, ha- had the chance to see out in Joliet at the Forge. 
Uh, it was a great show. Enjoyed it. And, you know, continue building on what you guys are doing and look forward to seeing you guys again and more new music. Absolutely, brother. Thank you for talking to me. All right, Matt. That's Matt James, everybody, from Blacktop Mojo. This is Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. We'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.